All right, listeners, ladies, and gents, this is what I call the Rush Hour Podcast, because not every day you see a black guy and an Asian guy talk this much. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Rush Hour 4, man. Have you seen all the rumors about it? Uh, I haven't seen... Uh, I've seen a couple rumors about it, but I, when was the last time you've seen Chris Tucker act, though? So oh, okay. Maybe. You're right. But Jackie Chan, have you watched, did you watch The Foreigner? Mm-mm, I didn't. This is pretty good. Yeah, so maybe my buddy Dan Hung... We used to call ourselves Rush Hour back in the day, because, like, back then, like, the, having a black guy and an Asian guy be best friends, and the way we used to fuck shit up back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, uh, we, uh, we had our times. Don't incriminate me, man. I was... Hey, man, if you, if you knew us at Cypress Grove Kids Club, then you know what we used to do, and how, <laughs> how much we used to just, like antagonize people <laughs> i remember one time i was they were gonna like report me to my mom so i literally like ran down the hallway thinking i could outrun the walkie-talkie system uh uh-huh. and, and it didn't work <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't fast enough no they they, they reported me to my mom a few, a few times because <laughs> you know i came back the next day and didn't do anything <laughs> do you remember van malone bro van malone, hey if van malone's listening to this, hey shout out to van malone hunter hey hunter listens to this too so hey shout out to hunter jones shout out hunter shout out van Dude, those yeah. are those are the days. They, they, if, if anybody knows what me and Dan used to get into, it's them too, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, no man, but yeah, dude, how you been? Just living. Yeah, it's it's COVID, dude. COVID, you know, just the world we live in today, dude. I, I feel like talking to people right now is like therapy. We're all like using each other as, as like coping mechanisms, <laughs> right? Like we're all each other's therapists right now. We're all just handling and figuring out like what is up you know you know it's like like we i was talking we talked about it earlier when we were eating uh dinner dude it's like well i'll tell you about dave Chappelle. he was talking about how like when the space shuttle blew up when they were kids it was like the biggest thing on the news and now like every day for us the space shuttle blows up like every day <laughs> it's something new, like it's something new every day right you gotta deal with what what's the what's the challenger space shuttle of 2020 so far. Dude, I don't even know, dude. It's like, because <laughs> we have, think, so we have, hold on, like a civil war about to erupt in the nation. <laughs> we have a global pandemic that's been, that's a, like a deadly pandemic. You know? Yeah, and it's coming back. Coming back again. It's going to be a second wave. Watch out for that second wave, guys. It's, it's coming back. There's no stopping it, honestly. But, I mean, like, where do we go from here? Like, is it like it seems like nothing's getting better at all. You know, I I feel a lot of times that you it can't it can't possibly get worse, right? Like right. what a, like it's only up. I what else what else could happen? Cuz like let's look at November and if in November um 45 gets reelected Ooh, then uh, God forbid. Then that's <laughs> but like then that that's just that's just what happens right it's like oh it's just 2020 yeah you know, you know? but at the same time like <laughs> i feel like if a third party were to win it'd be this year cuz it's 2020 <laughs> oh no man dude third having a third party system is it's so so hard right now like the last time i think we saw a third party win was theodore roosevelt you know, was, I, was it, was it at the Bull Moose party? Yeah, some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. What it was? Yeah, and I and I I think that was the Molly Sanders and they teach Molly me Sanders, enough, yeah, teach yeah, enough about Sanders. that. Um, it, what, what was it? It was Woodrow Wilson, Theodore Roosevelt, and uh, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, that, like we don't really see third parties 
win. rolling anymore. Like, you know, like, it actually have, like, enough, like, steam to win. And I, and I think a big part of it is also the Libertarian Party is... It's, okay. it's, it's kind of... <laughs> if, you see, if you actually go and watch a Libertarian debate, it's, like, the most outlandish, corniest, like... Devil advocate, right? right? That's what like, it is. Like, I remember he, this guy, one of the candidates was up there talking about... Um, he said, so what... We have to have licenses for cars. What's next? We have to have licenses to use toasters. I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> I I heard a um, a libertarian like if, if I have to hear another libertarian say, um, the the phrase I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal. Like you that's know how many really times is. they say that. That's all it really is, though. So, like that's all libertarianism really is, honestly. Uh, like it's uh, it's kind of just laissez like laissez faire to the max, honestly. Right. And there's also there's also like the I wanna like I don't care if like you can be gay. I just wanna walk around with my gun. Like, 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 there's, like, there's, like that's kind of like do like you, but like as long as you don't like and like, as long as you don't step on anybody uh, anybody else's right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, like then that's it, honestly. Here's a real question: Are you? Have you ever considered, like, or do you own a gun? Uh, I've considered it a lot. I probably will buy a gun eventually, especially nowadays. Like, I'm probably going to buy a gun with, like, all these, like, especially, like, like it's been, like, six, six black people hanging. Right. It's, it's, like, <laughs> uh, I'll be damned if I'm the next one. I'll tell you that right now. Right? Well, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've literally never had, like, a moment where I'm like, I want to buy a gun right now. Have you shot of a gun before? Yeah, I've shot guns. Boy Scouts, man. Oh, yeah, you were a Boy Dude, Scout. Eagle Scout. Selling me All popcorn right? and shit. <laughs> yeah, I Selling did. Me <laughs> I remember that shit. But, but, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it was, it was really a situation where, like, yeah, I've never really felt the need to, like, like, I've never walked into the Academy or Walmart and, like, man, I don't want to buy a gun today. But it's so readily I, available. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, right there. Exactly. It's like, and now that we're 21, it's like, we just... You, we can buy a handgun. Well, think, let's think about it. You, you couldn't buy a handgun at 20, uh, 18, but you can buy an AR. It's, <laughs> like, a shotgun. <laughs> but it's, at the same time, like, it's the same thing. It's, like, I can't buy a beer at 18, but uh, I can go buy a gun. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you hear... I mean, 21's a good age for drinking. Like, Do you ever feel like when you turn 21, you got tired of drinking? Yes. Like, yes. like you did all this, it's, like, it's not fun anymore. It's okay, we did all our drinking like before we could actually drink, it's and not, now that we can, it's just like it's we don't want to do it anymore. It's, not fun anymore. it's expensive once you get like, once you like you turn twenty one, you see how much drinks actually cost and stuff, like how much alcohol actually costs. It's expensive. Oh bro. yeah, no, um, I'm I've I've tried to like start getting into like drinking wine and stuff like that because I'm I'm. I, I guess I'm old. It's gotta be the right, right kind of wine, right? right. You know what I mean? And I just I have such a hard time because the bottles are just like they're pricey, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, with wine, I feel like I need like I need to like hey, I need to go buy a eighty dollar bottle to feel like I'm drinking good wine. Exactly. But I can't like yeah, you don't want to it's eighty dollars. <laughs> but it's like I don't know if I can taste the difference really. Like really and that can't. that makes me feel really bad. Like, it's like it just I don't know, man. Like I'm not even a big drinker like that, honestly. I mean, I had my moments, as you saw this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Hey, hey, listeners, I drunk called Dan the other weekend. Drunk, uh, no, drunk texted. Drunk texted the wrong person, which would happen to be Dan. <laughs> and and, uh, and then called him out. Or he called me. Yeah, I was, because I had to make sure you were okay. And then. I was not okay. Somebody, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> one of 
Well, your friends told me that you had it. You were you were taking care of, and I was like, all right, cool. Oh yeah, I was taking care of. And then I, I I put this man on do not disturb oh, yeah. for the rest <laughs> of the night. Shout out to Gary and Caleb. I, I should have died that night, probably. I probably didn't. I woke. I, it's funny because I woke up the next morning at like seven o'clock and went fishing. Right. <laughs> but then like threw up like all in the water and shit. Oh, dude, yeah, I, bro, I miss, I've, I've wanted to go fishing, like, I don't know why, but I was, like, I've been, like, yearning to fish for some reason. It's, I guess it's with the times, you know what I mean, like, you're looking for just simple stuff now. It's, like, I haven't fished since, like, maybe ninth grade. Really? And for some reason, I went through, like, this four-hour YouTube algorithm of me just watching fishing. Fishing like, videos? Fishing videos, and learning how to, like tie different knots and stuff I'm like what is what am I doing right now which fishing videos did you watch like it was like a certain guy you watched no not really but like one of the ones was like a 42 minute long video of like hey I survived only eating the fish I caught I catch every day uh-huh. and this man just fishes and eats the food that he that eats the fish that he like, catches I'm just like you can watch well, it for 45 minutes <laughs> yeah, so why is this so interesting to me <laughs> hey man if, if I were to you I would not have been able to watch something for 45 minutes like a fishing video like that <laughs> I mean have you uh have you actually seen the videos of um there's like certain guys on YouTube who actually like have like you know like what baits to use and stuff like when it comes yeah, to like, fishing yeah yeah you know, like the actual live action I actually thought about doing that I probably will honestly make a YouTube channel I'm, I, you know, I'm not listening no I'm making a YouTube channel <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, it's probably gonna be called Caleb World like I was telling you earlier yeah yeah no dude you, well that's one of the things about like podcasting that makes it really huge is if you have a big online presence mm-hmm. your podcast can immediately immediately like go shoot through the roof right so like um, diversify exactly know, how your popularity that's a, super important we were talking about that earlier like how everything's about to go digital anyways yeah well like you I mean did you I mean you've seen it already you've probably seen ads for like movies that were supposed to come out in theaters mm-hmm. and they're like 20 bucks to rent now exactly and you can watch it from home and like honestly like 20 bucks if it's just you by yourself mm-hmm. it's that's a rip off exactly. but if it's like you and the whole family go like chill at the couch and watch this the king of staten island together it's actually it's actually kind of worth it you know because it's it becomes like four bucks a ticket now my friend my friend bought a uh, oh rented the king, king of staten island the other day. yeah she said it was good yeah you know um well there are tons of movies that have been coming out like like that like um, onward is one of like they it just hit yeah. Disney Plus. It was crazy because I think somewhere I read somewhere out there that it made more money on people buying the rental than it did in theaters because really? it hit theaters like right whenever each every major city was going under quarantine. It's twenty dollars to rent. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be yeah they'll rent they'll have rentals for twenty bucks. But it's like a three day room. It's a I think it's a forty eight hour period with Apple. That's what I use. Okay. Yeah. But, like, you know, well, and then there are other movies that are coming out, like, directly to the streaming service, so, like... Well, think about it, because, like, well, how much was a, like, a movie ticket before everything happened? Well, it was, like, yeah, well, Cinemark here, it's four bucks. Exactly. Yeah. So now it's, what, like, do you know? Do you know how spoiled College Station is to have $4 movie tickets? Very. Like, if you go to, if you go to Houston, <laughs> it's, like, 15 bucks or whatever in what? Houston and major cities. And, like, because I love movies. Like, I would, I, I, like, I'm obsessed I think the reason why I enjoy movies so much is that there's like most of the time, like if it's a single movie, not like in a series, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, mm-hmm. and then a theme that will carry over with little motifs throughout it. And when it's put together in that, in like that perfect way, 
Mm-hmm. Like when it fits like a perfect puzzle piece, it's incredible. It's just like I love that experience of it all clicking. What was the last movie you watched in theaters? Um, I'll think about that because it would be a couple times where I was, there was a movie that came out. Where I was like, man, I just gotta go see that movie. Um, the one thing I can think of, like when a movie came out, where I was like, man, I had to go see that. Was John Wick three? Yeah, that was yeah. that was great. Any judge, oh, judge, John Wick is probably like my favorite movie series. Halle Berry, man, oh my she God. can still get it. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, what, what is that? <laughs> oh yeah, no, man, honestly, but like honestly, no. Uh, I mean, when it comes to act, like. I don't know if it's certain actors who like if there's a movie comes out with them in it I have to see or like do you have like, do you have one? Uh, Keanu Reeves definitely up there oh mine's like, Tom Cruise really? yeah I, I love that man <laughs> like he's like 5 foot 6 and like right. walks around like 6 foot 5 he's amazing like, like, you, you, you have to keep in mind he's 5 foot 6 like you wouldn't think he's 5 foot 6 right. like, the way he acts and like the way he carries himself I guess. so like yeah Tom Cruise um those Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. like after like, like Mission Impossible one's pretty good, two is not that great. Then like three on, like three's average, but then like on it's like incredible. Incredible wasn't the because I think the first one where I got back to, when I got back to watching was um I think it was was it Ghost Protocol. Yeah, yeah the the Burj Khalifa uh, scene. Is yeah, we had Paula Patton in there. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. What did Robin think? Like, what was he thinking? Oh, don't, man? don't get me started on that. <laughs> <He's laughs> Cheating on Paula Patton. I can't. Okay, even... if, you, like, if you cheat in general, like honestly, but like right. But Paula Patton. <laughs> I want you to. Well, I mean, do you think it was with like Emily Ratajkowski? I don't care who it was. Wrong either way. I mean, Emily's not bad looking herself, bro. Right? No, no. Still, like, for like, like I said, cheating in general is well. That's true. But I mean, Paula Patton. But Paula Patton. You're like when you when you have one good song in your career, and it's not even like it's good. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. Okay, hold on, hold on. Now, Robin Thicke is that. A lot of good songs. Okay, he's uh, there's a reason that he's like he's called the white chocolate of R and B. You know what? I I have guess you ever I, to I, to Robin Thicke? I, I'm about to I was about to admit I do not I have not listened to a single Robin Thicke song outside of Blurred Lines. Oh no, dude, yeah, no, like he has like no, like actually look at like discography. Excuse me, wow, I can't talk. Discography, mm-hmm. and um, he has a lot of like good R and B songs. Like, you, uh, you want to know what's a really underrated song cool. that? I don't think enough people talk about. Was it Get Lucky? Oh my gosh, dude! Yes, that, the song is such a absolutely. I was, I was thinking about Pharrell for a second. I'm like, Get Lucky is no like it's that, actually a, a. It's so good. That's, what, that's, that's one of those songs. Like, I, I even thought about this when I was making the um, when I was making my uh, podcast on uh, music. It, the one that's called "It's for the Soul." Like when it comes to like art, music, and books and stuff. Yeah. And um, I was like. The music we listened to, like, you remember uh, back in sixth grade when we had uh, a kids club, we were able to bring our iPods on Fridays and stuff. And every <laughs> yeah. time, and every time we were listening to the same, like it would be on the radio, but it'd be like the same songs. And what was it like, Katy Perry? Yeah. Teenage Dream. Oh, oh my God. Was it? Uh, there, you know what line made like all the like? Okay, so there's this line in Teenage Dream mm-hmm. that I like never escapes my brain. And it's when she says, like, um, let me put your hands on me and my Let's skin tight, tight jeans. jeans and my teenage, that, like, like okay, oh, my right. gosh. Like, hey, look, guy, 15-year-old Dan, I'm like, man, that's like, a line. Like, but we're feeling it. Like, <laughs> like, I don't care who you are, like, guy or girl, dude. Like, back then, like, all of them, all, all songs back then were, like, hidden, honestly. Dude, what happened to the Katy Perry? 
Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's so sad. It was like when the last good song she made was like, oh, okay, oh, no. no, I gotta, no, I, okay, look. Prism I, was a good album. I have to argue. So, <laughs> so Katie, so after Dark Horse. Yeah, well, right? that, that, that was all on Prism. Because Prism had uh, Dark Horse, um, Birthday. Yeah. Uh, was Roar on that one too? Yeah, I think Roar. I think that was her last, like. Well, and then, so then after that, she just started releasing flops. Really? But then she had Chain to the Rhythm. I don't know if you remember that song. I don't, actually. I'm not about to sing it, but it's really good. And then, <laughs> and I, I think that came out in like 2017 or something. Don't sing on my podcast, man. And then, and then I'm not, <laughs> trust me. And then she, and then she like, um, released more bad music. <laughs> no. And then last year she did uh, Never Really Over. Mm-hmm. It's a song where she sings really, really fast. What were the songs? Uh, bro, it was like a bunch of songs that came out back then. Like I'm trying to think about all the songs like... Like, 2010 and 2011 was, like, like, 09 to, like, 2011, like, all those songs was, uh, it was, uh, Love the Way You Lie. Yeah. Not Afraid. Not um, Afraid. Well, Eminem uh, was just oh, relapse in general. Dude, um, uh, Billionaire. Or Millionaire. Billion, uh, billionaire. I was Billionaire with, uh, yeah. and then, uh, Bruno Mars back then. Even Bruno Mars today, even. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think Bruno Mars' music got better, um, with time. Like, like, like I'm saying, like, over, like, over the decade, like, like finesse is like a masterpiece of I, a song. Oh, what was my favorite Bruno Mars song? Because uh, I remember it was a grenade. It, 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 so literally, look, I remember it, it went just the way you are. That's the one that got him like kickstarted, right? And then it was just the way yeah. you are. Then grenade. Then the lazy no, song. No, you know I was gonna say, <laughs> but what what kickstarted it a lot was that song with Bob. Nothing on you. Oh yeah, nothing. Because I was like, he was featured on that track. Bob, dude. Well, okay, um, yeah. Well, he's he's was that, he's long. Well, he, he, he became irrelevant. Like, irrelevant 2013. quickly. But, like, <laughs> the last good song I remember him having was uh, "We Still in This." Uh, yeah, it was like him and Juicy J or something like that. Um, but I remember uh, even uh, he had "Strange Clouds" with Lil Wayne. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, he likes I'm just, like all that music back then. I think it's like then like Jesse J. Um, I, I guess that's, that's like the period of music when or the period of like when you're growing up is when music hits the best. Yeah, it's like what we were like what 11, 12, 13 years old. I I still rock the uh, bedrock that song. Oh, is, dude, what that Everybody song does. is so good. <laughs> like I think that was Nikki's uh, first. Yeah, that was like, like when Nikki like first came like. Like, like her first mm. feature or whatever, and that's when Drake started getting like. Well, you know, Drake Drake got really big after the whole Meek Mill thing. Oh yeah. And oh, it, oh well, Drake it, was already big before. Well, yeah, but then it's like it was like a Pokemon upgrade, you know? Because <laughs> like he he went from like like that to like Hotline uh, like Hotline Bling and like so like Drake and he started releasing that kind of music. I think that was when Drake went to like elite level. Honestly, you think Drake is elite? Oh, Drake's oh Drake's is. I don't even consider him a rapper. I don't consider him an R and B artist. Drake is just Drake. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'll take that. I'll agree he, with that. He's just Drake. Like it's not even. You can't put him in any certain category. He's just a, an all, overall just entertainer. Right. Um, you know. I mean, he's such a performance artist though. Like with the with like everything with like the Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It was like Drake just well, stop. You know, like, he knows how to cap. Well, he knows how to try to capitalize on that opportunity. You know what I mean. Yeah, but like that was when he first came out with like, uh, was it uh, take care and uh, thank me later? Uh, was it thank me later? Oh, I, f- I forgot. But when he had a what, song, find your love. It's pretty impressive that he can get out in, like an album a year. Exactly. You know, like okay, exposing myself. I mean, people, most people know this, but I love One Direction, right? I do. I mean, and like, 
and like the five years One Direction were like were a band still together, mm-hmm. they released an album a year, and it like exhausted them. You know. Really. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like an exhausting process if you're like touring and you're recording a new album, mm-hmm. and then immediately when the tour is okay. over. You have to promote the new album and then tour and then, again yeah. for that album. It's like, so they did that for like five years and just an album a year is like a tough endeavor for any artist because it's, it can feel like burnout and Drake always has, I mean, and even if the album's like, I, I feel like the last few years the albums haven't been like necessarily quality, mm-hmm. but there's always like the one or two like radio, like smash hits that are like super huge. That everyone listens to and everyone knows. Oh yeah, no, it's all like, what's the last one we came out with? Tusi Slide. Yeah, Tusi Slide. Yeah, I mean, like that song is so perfect for this whole like COVID nineteen thing. Exactly. Because like, it's a dance song that no one in a club would dance to. Exactly. But you would dance to at home. Exactly. Like on TikTok. Oh yeah. Everybody on TikTok. Right. I mean, Tusi Slide was just him kind of just kind of. I felt like it was him just kind of gloating about how easily he can make a hit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like he can just do whatever he wants. Right? Are you are you uh, on TikTok? No, 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 no. I feel like okay. So TikTok has the for you page, right? And right. It's it algorithm algorithmically like specific like videos that based off of your searches, based off what you normally spend more time watching, mm-hmm. right? And so like it, once you buy into the algorithm, then your for you page becomes stuff like you like. So it's like cats, right? It could just be a bunch of videos. Like, that's a lot of cat videos on my on your feed. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people who are on TikTok, you can really, really get to know who someone is by looking at their For You page. You know? Okay. So it's... Because it, it, it's it's interesting. So like... like um, Courtney's For You page is a bunch of like Vietnamese memes. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> and, and I'm like, how did you get that? And she's like, I don't know. It's just... That's what I watch a lot of. And, uh, and, and then mine's like pranks and then like there's always there's always the questionably like how old is this girl dancing in this video like that's always on my feed as well like cause like you don't know man <laughs> like like no like it, and it's and it's scary it's a, it's a scary place to be sometimes I refuse to get on TikTok dude I refuse I, I'm probably like it's part of me like not even wanting to deal with it and part of me like I'm not gonna be a slave to them wanting me to be on my phone just another way of having me, having me programmed on you my know, phone. <laughs> it's fun though. I, I, like, I guess, I guess, like, I, I'm always, I've always been. Twitter is my number one. Oh, Twitter! I would never delete Twitter. Yeah, like, <laughs> Twitter I, is so good. Like, I would. Like, Twitter is basically for me to. Like, if I'm sad, I go on Twitter. If I'm mad, I go on Twitter. Like, if I need to laugh, I go on Twitter. Like, Twitter just puts me in a better mood. And like, it's a lot of over exaggeration and like, you know, a lot of the culture and everything is like. A lot of over-exaggerated outrage and just, like, over-the-top stuff. But I think that's what our generation is, honestly. <laughs> it's outra- and I was talking about this with somebody else, and uh, it kind of helps out with, like, nowadays, like, outrage. Uh, well, not helps out, but kind of helps talk about nowadays. Like, we were talking about it earlier with, like, everybody, somebody's canceled every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, uh, you said, who, who was canceled today? Well, on the day that this is being recorded, Ansel Elgort has been canceled. <laughs> there have been like three girls on Twitter who have like pretty much like talked about how when they were 17 and and they hooked up with Ansel and Aunt, he knew and all that kind of stuff. He knew, like, it's, and it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's icky, bro. That's, that's, that's nasty. Yeah, well, that nasty. It was weird. Have you did you watch Baby Driver? Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's like Ansel Elgort 
Kevin Spacey. I mean, like they're all like like yeah, they're all two, like two of yeah. the biggest actors in Baby Driver are like are like a suspected pedophiles. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I guess Kevin Spacey. I think he yeah. It was it was an underage guy. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to give fake news on on your podcast. Oh, but no. it was it was just, it was a guy. But I don't know if he was underage or whatever. But he was definitely younger than Spacey. Whenever Spacey allegedly. Um, sexually harassed him or assaulted him. This is uh, all that stuff like going on, man. Is weird. Like with the uh, the PizzaGate, I was telling you about. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, dude. Like um, how uh, it's the uh, I want to say conspiracy theory, but like a lot of it's going on right now, and like a lot of people who were supposedly involved in it were um, like Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, Hillary Clinton. Um, they, of course the Clintons involved in every some, every kind of every, scandal every scandal every scandal in America got the Clintons involved in it somehow <laughs> like Watergate <laughs> like, you know what I mean oh that's my what, you know what I mean it's just you oh, know man. and I think that's what happened like well okay so there's there was a time where you know like but when Bill and Monica Lewinsky and that whole thing went down right like that was way like we weren't even born yet mm-hmm. but the public reaction to that, like, it was like, they were pretty much done with Bill. You yeah. Know? It's like, never looked at him the same. And without making this too political, but, like, I think the our, our current president has, like, tw- at least 20 allegations against him right oh, now. Oh, dude, we get political, bro. That's just what <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I mean, get political. I, didn't just, I didn't want to hop in the deep end there, but, oh, no, like, dude. Oh, it's, we, we can get in the deep water, dude. He, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, over over 20, like, allegations and all that stuff is just like, coming out against him, like, back back in 2016, and nothing's been done about it. it and it's, is... and it's, it blows my mind to a degree. How many people do have allegations, though, you know what I mean? You know, it seems, like, it seems like every top male celebrity has some <laughs> kind of sexual al- assault allegation uh, along with it. And uh, is 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 the, does the issue lie with this this stuff go, like this stuff being allowed to happen? You know what I mean? Like I guess like us living in the, like the kind of culture we live in. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that it's um it's like every single person, but there was uh, a, a lot of them. You know what I mean? I, re- like, I read this post today, and someone said I would rather. I would rather protect a, or I would rather protect a liar, a potential liar, than protect a potential rapist. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean. And I don't know, like that. That sounds that is very absolutionist, right? Like it's right. like, um, so it's it, it's very like they they make it super black and white, like this this it's this or this, mm-hmm. and you know either way it's like, it it sucks, but mathematically, like only less than 2% of all, like, sexual assault cases are, are, um, like, false accusations. Okay. You know? And so it's not, like, false accus like, more, it, false accusations don't actually happen mm-hmm. as much as we would think. And if you do, if you really think about it, like... This is big headlines. Yeah, you, you know, um, you know the story of, like, Johnny Depp and his ex-wife? Amber yeah, Earth? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it how, came like, out that it, was not, it wasn't true. Right, right, right. Now, I don't, I'm not sharing this to say that, like, oh, well, everything is fake. No, it's that, that one case of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and, and all that stuff being fake mm. is the, that, like, one out of the hundreds of what are probably actual real allegations. I think there was one where, um, look it up real quick, it was a Oklahoma running back and um, oh, the yeah. girl, uh, this girl had accused him of sexual assault and he got kicked off the team, I think. But they reinstated him when she came out and said that um, 
uh, he uh, that she did that she didn't do it or that he would that he didn't do it. Well, yeah. Let's let's make this clear. If you're if you if you like lie and you say that something happened and it didn't happen, you're a bad person. Exactly. And right. then if you but also if you rape someone, you're also a very very bad person. So it's not it's it doesn't have to be like hey one versus another. It's not that one like it's only one side that always exists and the other doesn't. Um, it, it's always important to be diligent about how you find it. But what what drives me crazy is when someone comes out with like like says like has an allegation against someone, and then a bunch of people are like, hey, do you have any proof? Mm-hmm. It's like what did you expect the victim to like do like record the event? Exactly. You know? Like what proof can we expect? And it's really frustrating because it's like, that's why a lot of sexual assault survivors, they don't come out, you know, because they're scared of people like, especially if it's against a public figure, Mm -hmm. that public figure will have tons of people that back him up or back, yeah, back him or her up. And it's hard to... Like the Me Too movement? Well, well, I'm saying, I'm saying that like, if like when Ansel Elgort gets, gets outed right Mm -hmm. a bunch of his fans are gonna say no that didn't happen where's the proof where's the proof and that keeps actual like sexual assault victims like scared and they and they don't feel they don't feel open well did you see that thing uh i saw i read an article or i read the headline of an article i didn't read the whole article i won't lie but um (laughs) it said like 1600 rape kits in the minneapolis pd were they found 1600 untested rape kits over the past 20 years yeah well you know what's happening in minneapolis is I don't know what's going it's on in Minneapolis. Fucking unprecedented. I don't know what's going on. Did you see the one about the uh, the preschool teacher that hung a toddler? What? Yeah, that was in Minneapolis too. <laughs> no, yes, hey, and she got probation. <laughs> and she got, you know what I mean? Like that's fucked. No, I was gonna say because um, I think it was the the Minneapolis like like uh, the schools, the public schools there. Uh-huh. Like they no longer are partnering with the police department. Right. Like, so there are no more cops in schools. And then the other thing is, like, they're being... The, I don't, the uh, police department is getting sued for civil rights violations by the state. Oh, dude. And so it's, like, it's, like, like it's huge, man. It's... Oh, my... Everything going on with, like, the whole defund the police and everything. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, like... How do you feel about defunding the police? <laughs> it's, like, a yes and a no kind of thing. It's, so, my thing is, like... We need police, okay? Because people out here are crazy as hell. Uh, like, we need police straight up. But you know, when you when you see uh, police departments being funded more than like schools and stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? That's when the issue comes. Well, but there's a lot more. You know, police have more training. You know, well, they need more training, obviously. Um, but you know, they have all this equipment. You know, everything everything they have to get have has to get paid for. You know what I mean? So I I facetiously. I have solved New York City's homeless problem. Really? Okay, so... Explain, please. 68,000 homeless people in New York City alone. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a crazy number, by the way. Right. Like, if you think about what's, what's LA's? I, I, don't, I don't know LA's. Let me look up LA's real quick. But you talking? 68,000. Average rent in New York City is three grand. Okay. So you multiply it 68 by three, and then multiply it by 12 months a year. And then you end up with, like... You get end up like three billion dollars or something like that. You know, and it's like. And then the but the police department's budget is at NYPD is like six billion, like and so you can just take that budget and just like hey like I well what I would I mean, that's what I would like to see happen, because I think I I think that 
we should... The police are... How do I describe it? They're... It's always... It's good to have law enforcement, but law enforcement needs to actually and truly serve the people. And you can't serve the people. It, it's it's hard to serve the people when every case that you walk into, you have a gun on you. You know, and that's one thing about it. Um, I, I, I People... When people try to, like, say, you know... Uh, George Floyd was this. George Floyd was that. You know, or uh, like the. It doesn't just like we should. People should not be getting killed by the people we pay. The people that our tax dollars <laughs> are paid to protect us. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, we, you know what I mean? And I say I, instead of defunding police, I say defund police pensions. <laughs> if, if anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, police pensions. A lot of them are in like the millions. Or Did something. you see that video of that girl crying? Uh, that that police officer That's crying stupid. about yes. her. <laughs> She didn't get a grill. Was she a McMuffin? McMuffin. Oh my! I I actually thought it was satire when I first watched. Oh, it. I did too. Because it was so like, okay, Caleb, how many times have you been asked to pull forward at McDonald's? Because they they were taking a while. A lot. <laughs> like, okay, like I can't even remember. Like it's been so many times, and I've never once assumed someone was like they, didn't want to give me my drink because I was black or something, <laughs> or they, or they, they came out, they came, gave me my drink and then didn't come back and give me my burger because I was black. <laughs> and then you know, like the whole like Shake Shack thing, you know. So what happened? Oh yeah, when those uh, got well, poisoned. They, yeah. So the headline is. Hey, Shake Shack employees poison cops. That's the headline that goes viral. That's the headline that everyone talks yeah, about. Like that goes but, hand in hand with, with like the outrage culture now. But the one that people don't talk about nearly as much is whenever the NYPD finished their investigation and found that no employees poisoned their shakes. It was found that just cleaning supplies weren't properly taken from the milkshake machines. Oh. And then that's what got them sick. Oh. So literally. You'll hear people like Tommy Lahren and Tucker Carlson. Right. And they're all and they're all talking about how, hey, this Shake Shack thing is messed up. And and let, and let me be clear, if that actually happened, yes, it's Shame it's, on them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really but yeah, but it's now proven in the case that hey, it's wasn't any no one was at fault. Mm-hmm. There's no ill intention. And no one talks about it anymore, you know. And then that, so that's how. So like, whenever you're ever, if you're ever in a moment where you're like, how did this person on the other side of the aisle, how did they get to this thinking point, right, where their point of view is so different from yours? It's because they're they're missing things like that, and it's not necessarily their fault, mm-hmm. you know. It's just that what's what they're hearing, you know, what's catchy, right? We want to hear like us as humans, we're we we're we're interested in drama. You know? Exactly. We want to hear about everything that can go wrong, everything that has gone wrong. Yeah. Like, it's, we, it's, it's outrage culture. You know, everybody want everybody wants to be. You know, not everybody, of course, but you know, it's so easy for people to get upset about something nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so easy for everybody. Like I said, Twitter doesn't help at all. Of course, with like the way the algorithms are. And the thing is, you know, it's a lot of times like people like will see articles and stuff. Like, would you see the article about this and this? And it's like I didn't see that at all. Like, where like it's like where do you see, where do you get your news? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's um, it's 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 an interesting, and you know that's the thing. Like when you go, so I tried this thing where I I where I would 
when something a story would come out, I would try to read every single every single piece on it, right? Like I would read Fox News. What would they say? What C, What would CNN say? What would MSNBC say? And by the way, I don't know if you like during. President Obama's administration, CNN was not near like everyone. It wasn't was like, near as bad as it is. Well, now. well, no, I, I'm saying everyone was like, is like CNN is so liberal, so liberal. Mm-hmm. But in Obama, like they were not, you know, like they were, you know, they were, they were like, always like relatively like moderate. Yeah, before. reporting actual news. Yeah, and then but then like with with like President Trump has made, has, has made CNN sound like the most liberal like exactly. <laughs> news station ever. But, but my my point is. Um, that whenever, whenever I tried reading every news source about a story, mm-hmm. what ends up happening is your brain starts making false equivalencies. Exactly. So let's say like you have on on one side on like on like on one side where it's like it's really clear that hey these are the facts and this is what happened, but then whatever way Fox News spins it, if you give that your attention, right? Then it create th- th- this narrative that is in that story of like hyper propaganda. There, you it, you will equate that like on the scale if it's like fifty percent on one side, fifty percent on another. Reality is like seventy and then thirty. But if you're reading those all those, if you're what I found is when I was intaking all those sources, I was making like Fox fifty percent and then the other sources fifty percent, and then it was like what is going on like. Why am I believing? Why am I being asked to believe this bullshit? Mm-hmm. You know that shouldn't like that's like completely off kilter. But I'm giving it some sort of equivalency. Like, hey, this is this is right. You know, it's like it's like if trying to be objective is really difficult because you're because because you just if you hear both points of view evenly, then it actually it could skew you from the actual truth of what happens. Exactly, it's weird. And, you know, it's all like, opi- like opinion and stuff. Right, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, people always say, you know, I I, I, I watch all news and I just I form my own opinion. And like, <laughs> you know, you know like, I mean, like I tried to hear both sides. You know, what that mean? was me, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like, I watch all news and form my own opinion on everything. Yeah, I tried doing that for a little bit. And, and you was... know, there's no way you can really do that. You know what I mean? Because like I said, you get two sides of the story. Like 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 you just said, you get two sides of the story. You don't even know what even happened <laughs> anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. It's like it's like you think this is how something happened, and then you hear you see what Fox News said, and you're like, wait, did I miss something? Exactly. Like, <laughs> and then you go back to MSNBC or something, and you're like, wait, they're saying a whole nother thing on this. It's you like, know, but I, I see, I don't even like MSNBC. I feel like they they did Bernie and Yang dirty. Man. Really? Yeah, like like you know they're okay. So so I've always identified as a Democrat. Okay. You know. And then um, I would say in 2016 as a representation of how the Democratic Party has failed. Yes. And then 2020 was a reminder that, hey, we still suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it sucks, like, I guess... Um, no, growth is hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, oh. now, you know, you said you're learning, you know, we're all learning new things, you know what I mean, about, uh, you know, what we used to believe as, uh, you know, what was the, the right thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, now I, I consider myself more moderate than I ever have, you know what I mean? Like, when it comes to, when it comes to political scale, because, like, everything now is just, you know, identity, identity politics, you know? 
and like they try to every party tries to put everybody else in like a, a category. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's, it's, it's those buzzwords: liberal, left, uh, Democrat. You know, um, far left, uh, like all that kind of thing, or like far right, alt right, conservative. Uh, you know, everybody's like all these buzzwords and all these just um, you know, uh, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, Almost like the Hunger Games, almost like factions or something. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, like tribes. Tribes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, kind of like that. It's like, uh, like or what, not divergent, divergent. More like you know, everybody's associated with something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just it's, it's association. You know, just because you think a certain way, it's like, oh, you're this. Well, it's like, no, I mean, like I think this. I mean, nobody thinks two things can be true at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, uh, like for instance, with everything going on right now. Um, uh, for instance, like uh, like the Black Lives Matter, uh, like I talked about it with my dad, and like my dad, like we, I agree. A lot of times with systematic, with systemic racism and systemic oppression, it's like, on one hand, I agree with, uh, uh, sound horrible, but I agree with some people on the conservative side, in saying like people in the black community don't do themselves any favors, which is true, okay, but at the same time, you can't ignore history. Ignore what's been going on and what's been happening. You know what I mean. You can't just disregard all of that. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like. So here's 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 how I here's how I see it. If you are a victim, no one. If you're a victim, the perpetrator should not judge the victim for their behavior. They have no room for that. Exactly. I'm talking two thirds of American history has been covered in overt racism mm-hmm. whether it was the fight for you know like actual the right of being a human being first right right where like there was literally a time in this country where we saw a black man as three-fifths as a, of a white man exactly like that happened <laughs> you right know? and and that and that happened that happened like a few hundred years ago you know like it's not like it, it it's wasn't nothing. it's it, not old it's yeah nothing. it's not it's not old news yet you know and then civil rights were being fought like by people's grandparents you know like, like my grandmother my, my dad was born in 1962 you know what I mean yeah <laughs> and so it, these are things that like like the fighting of racism like fighting of slavery the fighting of Jim Crow like these things they're not again majority of our nation's history has been covered by it so whenever people say hey like when people say, hey, black people, like, you know, they, they don't, they're, they're not, well, what you said, when you said they're not doing themselves any favors, I, see, I, I, I personally look at that, I'm like, I can't hold that against them mm-hmm. when they're constantly, like, when, when they're victims of a system, you, we can't be mad in moments when they lash out, when, th- when they, when, when something is, it's like, beating this child for two-thirds of his lifetime and then like the the next third of his lifetime happens and then now at this teenage years like when he's 18 and he does something wrong you're like hey what what the hell's wrong with you exactly when you did when you like literally abused him for two-thirds it's like i mean like yeah he did something wrong sure in a vacuum but if you look at the history like this is this is what would be expected if a culture is held back for two thirds of the history of a country, then they it they're gonna be fractures that exactly. don't look pretty. Exactly, 
And it's like, I, I, I equate it to like, no, America's been kicking the black community while it's down the whole entire time and then saying, get up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's it's like, exactly it's like what a bump, get up. You know, like, kick, kick you again. And then you get up. I'm gonna kick you again if I get up and lash out at you. It's, oh, what was wrong with you? What, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, right. you know, and uh, it's the people who, I guess it's weird just, you know, having people having opinions on different things. Like, you can't have an opinion on racism. Like, first of all, <laughs> you can't have an opinion. And, like, statistics, I, I, I statistics say one thing. Like, I was, I'll explain to somebody yes, uh, today, actually, in football terms. I was saying, you know, say this, uh, I said, say this linebacker right here, right, had the most tackles on the team. So he's obviously the best defensive player on the team, right? But what you don't see is that because this guy's so good, he takes two blockers, is that he's un- he's unblocked. So then he makes all the tackles. So it's necessarily. Or what you don't see is the defense is just so bad. Exactly. That they let up so many yards that the linebacker. All he is, is always making, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, so. yeah, it, no, I, I agree. It's yeah, like, there's, there's, what, what I'm trying to say by that is like, there's more to it that meets the eye. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's, there's the stat that people like to point out where it's like, well, okay. So, so the black lives matter movement will say, Hey, like look at the disproportionate amount of, uh, of killings per capita. Right. Right. And then a lot of people, a lot of people that are anti, you know, just racist, right? Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll say, hey, well, you know, like, well, black people commit more crimes. And here's the data on that. And then I'm like, when I see people post that, I, I can't help but think, like, well, what if they're committing, like, getting reported for more crimes because they're getting targeted more? You know, like, that's well, just, like, that's just what people, like, that's what you're missing. And- what you're missing there is that those... Like, like African-Americans are being targeted, so that's why the crime statistics show them completely askew in that way. And that's what I'm saying. I was like, so, uh, I was, you look at the statistics, it's like, black people commit four times more crime. When you look at the inverse of that, it's like, well, black people are policed, black neighborhoods are policed <laughs> four times as much. <laughs> right, no, exactly, you know I mean? yeah, you, you nailed it. Ex- and, like, there's an inverse of it, you know what I mean? And they say, are they policed because they have so much crime, or is there so much crime because they are policed so that much? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. say if there was a, if there was a cop sitting at my outside my house twenty four seven. You know what I mean? Everybody. You know what I mean? What would the crime rate be look like then? You know what I mean? <laughs> crime, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and you uh, would be caught for a lot more crimes than you would uh, if he uh, wasn't there. You know, right? little things that you wouldn't even think of as or, as crime. You right. know what I mean? But that's uh, how it is. You know, and I, I I test that to the drug war as well. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, okay. It's amazing how little. We learn in school. <laughs> and that's, a, bro, that's another thing. That's why I, 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 I will, on each podcast, I don't care if I get tired of it, I will preach the importance of education, dude. Like, yeah. And, like, let's think, the thing about education is that you're never too old to be educated. You know what I mean? To Or get re-educated on something. Or educate yourself more. You know, you're never too old to, like, education is more of, like, expanding your mind. And then learn, like I said, you're never too old to learn something new. You know what well, I mean? you know, like, based on our high school curriculum, like, you know, it, there's a lot of focus on, like, World War One, World War Two, and then, like, oh, yeah, we're going to skip all the civil wars that we started in the in the, in the, in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, skip. Regime change wars? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, gloss over all that. Let's gloss over the fact that, you know, we pumped cocaine into the streets of African-American oh, no, communities. Like, like yeah, no, no, that, that never happened. You think of, you, 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 <laughs> like, now nah, think about it. We do breeze over, like, in, in high school and stuff, like, we do breeze over the last part of history, like, the last 30. Oh, yeah, what's last currently happening, years. yeah. Like, what, like, 60 years? Yeah, we do breeze over the last 60 years like, of what, what happened. What have we like, learned about, like, from school, 
what did you learn about well, Saddam Hussein? All it starts is, like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. All, right? it, all, all it starts is, it starts in just, what, the Revolutionary War? Yeah. We talked forever about that. And every, we talked, you, you learned every amendment, every, <laughs> every, every last bit of the Constitution. Yeah, you do. You know what I'm saying? And then, then, then you get to the Industrial Revolution. Well, not, no, no, no. Uh, skipping a little too far ahead. It was the uh, the Mexican Revolution. The Mexican, and then, uh, then it's the, uh, the next is Texas Revolution. And all the states being ratified and everything and everything. And then then, then Civil War. And it's like we spend more time talking about the the first, like, 100 years of America. And then the last 100 years, we just disregard. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's uh, World War Two, man. That's, like, the big, that's the big hitter topic that we, that, that you'll spend the six weeks learning, you mm-hmm. know, about, like, hey, this is what happened in World War Two, Like, and then you just go deeper and deeper into, like, these random generals and all that stuff. And... <laughs> Do uh, we never thought about like? Did they ever teach us about how like the the mass genocide of Native Americans? Oh, no, you know what it's I mean? like. Oh, what's the trail of tears? Oh, this okay, cool, move on. Exactly. Like what? <laughs> and like the thing about it is like you know the the cover well not the cover the uh, the well, scapegoat is that the Native Native Americans were savages, right? And the thing is, like, if a, if someone to, were to invade America right now, we would turn to some savages too. <laughs> and <laughs> and manifest destiny. Think about that. Dude. Is think about the, those two words put together. Manifest destiny. That is like that is. I would I wouldn't say it's the first piece of propaganda word ever put together, mm-hmm. but it's like literally, it's it's such clear propaganda to claim. Hey, it's my. Manifest destiny. Like no matter what happens, to like, take this land, to take this land and claim it for my own. Like that is that's crazy that it's like it's sugar coated in that way. You know what I mean? And like we never like we like I we rarely talked about it in school about how like that's actually probably not a great thing. <laughs> you know, it's not even on the teachers about it. You know what I mean? It's just the curriculum in general and how history has just been how it's taught, been erased. Well, you know what I mean? Okay, so so. Confederate flags, a lot of a lot of people like them, mm-hmm. um, and um, wrongfully so. But I want you to imagine, so German Germany, right, right now, right, in their school curriculum, they're taught, right, they're taught something, and about they're taught about World War Two and everything like that. And do you see like any Germans flying around Nazi Nazi flags uh, in Germany. I'm like, I'm, it's, it's not a thing. You know? You know, there would be another, like, if if anybody in Germany were to ever wave a Nazi flag nowadays, <laughs> dude, it would be, oh, it would be another war. Right? Well, I mean, I mean, not but, even that. It would be shot down so quickly. But, like, it's just not a, it's just not a thing that happens, right? Because, like, the Germans have taught, like, in their history classes that... You know that's that's not a good thing. You know what I mean. But for some reason, the American school system has failed to a degree, where people will fly around their rebel, their their traitorous. Like I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic. It's, you know, they they were rebels and they were traitors it's to the, called the, the nation. The nickname of it is the rebel flag. <laughs> right, you know and I mean? they will fly that with. You know, their full chest. <laughs> you know, and just like, you know, like, yes, this is our country, you know. And and stick it on their, stick it on their car with their Blue Lives Matter sticker too, you know. It's, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Yeah, right, and, and you know, so, it, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, it, it blows my mind that that's, that we, that people feel that that's acceptable. Like, cause like, you gotta just like try to get into the mindset of someone like that. 
and it's so it's <laughs> it's painful. It it's, hurts. It's like, how did you get this way? <laughs> right. You know what I mean. But that's just like, and, no racism is an illness, dude. You know, uh, it's uh, I, I I would declare racism as a mental illness, honestly. Yeah. You know, like that's just me personally. I mean, I can't do much. I can't declare much. You know, I'm just Caleb Jackson, but. On this podcast, all right, according to this podcast, guys, <laughs> racism is a mental illness. I don't care what anybody else says. You know, I, I declare this racial, racism as a mental illness. But I remember I was uh, having a debate with one guy, you know. <laughs> and he was an older guy. I was when I was bartending. And uh, the thing, the, they will rebrand anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It was about states' rights. And it's like, states' rights to do what? <laughs> to do what? <laughs> and... No, and, that's right on. And there's a lot of people who believe, there's people who actually believe that black people were happier as slaves. You know what I mean? That we never complained. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's crazy. You know. See, and, 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 and people, and people, and some people were like, yeah, man, like, the, the slaves on my plantation, they were like family to me. You know, they, they looked at us like family. And that's like, okay, congratulations on su- successfully applying Stockholm Syndrome. You know, like, you're not, like, you're not, you're not, like, that doesn't justify anything, you know? Exactly. Like, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 oh, it's, it's a headache, honestly, you know what I mean? It's like, to think that way. And it's, um, well, and think about how, like, sugar-coated, like, Martin Luther King Jr. is, uh-huh. you know? Like, like, the good reverend is, like, he's... Now he's adored, and you know I mean? and it was and it was and it's almost like we were taught like, hey, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. You know what I mean? And like we and we found the person that did it, and then racism ended in America. No, <laughs> like that's no. that's that's how it's presented, Not you know. At all. And and like and and we forget that like there are people alive to this day, who, at the time, hated him. Exactly. You know, like there those people are still around. Like, and and it's like okay, Martin Luther King, peaceful, right? Peaceful man didn't like he was a peaceful protester. Be like him. Don't be like Malcolm X, yeah, who no. was who who Malcolm X, violent, violent man, right? And then they they try to make it so like clean cut and polished, and they destroy the nuance of all of their messages. You exactly. Know? And it's it's sad. Yeah, oh, I saw one thing. Uh, they called it pimping Martin Luther King. Yeah, you know the, the pimping Martin Luther King to fit whatever narrative they want. And, and the thing I was telling somebody about it today. I, I talked a lot about this with everybody, with anybody, honestly. Why I have the podcast? But um, about how um, like uh, I just lost what I was trying to say. Um, oh yeah, they talk about how uh, with the march on Birmingham. You know, they this is how you protest right here. This is a protest. <laughs> Without no, with complete, while completely disregarding that the protest ended in police brutality, <laughs> people getting sprayed down with hoses and beat to death in the streets. You know, you know what I mean? It's the the protest against police brutality has police brutality. That's just that's it's, like that's the per, that's perfect iron. And that's why that's what I'm saying. Like, and all the all 2020 has done is like once COVID hit. And all 2020 has done, every event has just unlocked, just, like, kind of amplified every issue, like, up to 20. You know what I mean? Because, like like I was telling you earlier, it's not these issues just happened overnight at all. You know what I mean? These issues have been simmering for years and years. And this is what happens, like, uh, the book, uh, The Prince by Machiavelli, 
um, you know, it, it talks about, you know, good leaders, you know, they, they, they nip problems in the bud, you know. But when you let a problem go on for so long, it'll, it'll hard, be hard to cure it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, all these, all, like, these events, all these events and feelings, you know, it's, it's been simmering and just brewing up for so long, and now it's just all erupting at once. That's yeah. how I see it. I mean, like, and I would say that a big thing that got the cult, like the Black Lives Matter coalition together was, you know, Kaepernick. You know, yes. And his movement. And I I don't, like, so some people now are like, okay, I understand, like, some really famous people are like, hey, I, I understand, I now truly understand where Kaepernick was coming from. Exactly. I'm sorry, I, I apologize for ever believing that it was about about you the, know you the military, and it's like wait wait how did you miss the point initially when in his interview he gave the interview he specifically said why he decided to do this it, and how and people he, would say well we need to know what he's talking about just watch this interview <laughs> it's, so like, it's like you know and he sought counsel from like a navy seal right a like, green beret <laughs> navy seal like and it was the one who told him to kneel that kneeling would be better right because he started off by sitting and and no one said anything and everyone and like it's it's like, how did you miss that? Like, I don't think you actually missed it and got it now. I think now it's fashionable to get it, you know? I think I think now it's... Because at the time, it's taboo. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to not name names, but for those who know me and know Caleb and know where we went to high school, it'll be really obvious, but whatever. <laughs> I won't name names. But, so we had a quarterback for our high school team who took a picture... So so he, he he broke his leg. <laughs> oh no! And then yeah, now everybody knows. Wait, and then and then and then he took a photo of him standing up for the national anthem uh, okay. with his broken leg. Okay. And then he and I remember I remember this clear as day. He tagged Colin Kaepernick and said, "Hey, I stand even with a broken leg. I stand for the vets." Well, okay, so it's. And like I, said, I know who you're talking about. Anyone who knows anything about us knows who I'm talking about. No, I, and let me tell you, I have the utmost respect for him. I uh, agree. I, no, I, I, I don't even... I, like, I, I don't have any beef with the guy. He's, yeah, no. You know, like... Um, I'll, say his name. I'll say his name. Ty Brock. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, no, no, no. Like, I, and Ty knows me. No, me, I have the most respect for Ty. And, and Ty, if you're listening, I'm not calling you out for anything bad, by the way. That's not... that. I, I, I know you get to finish my point, but that's okay. No, go, ahead, go ahead, finish. Finish what you Well, said. no, no, no. It's, it was just... I have a feeling now if... If Ty or and anyone who reposted that not not everyone but there are people who who saw that and agreed with it then but now would look back at it and i and i i even i I don't want to speak for ty or anything but like they would look back at that and say like hey like maybe i was a little tone deaf and a little wrong Mm -hmm. you know and the thing i hate is like you know people not accepting that people can change and learn you know what i mean that like you know like Oh, you were saying that then. It's like, well, okay, but maybe he, he changed his mind. You know what I mean? Maybe you know he learned. And like, so not saying like, like me, even me and Ty had a uh, you no know, discussion about, um, you know, uh, police brutality and everything. And Ty's dad being a police officer. Yeah. You know, and like, conversations better good about it because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of good people who are pol- uh, police. You know what I mean? For sure. And who do their jobs to the best of their ability and do it do it do a good job of it. I knew Brian Bachman. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I did too. He's my baseball coach. And he was such amazing guy mm-hmm. yeah but like I said with the, the flag like when it comes to like national anthem like 
the reason I like I understand where people come from. You know what I mean? Even though I just I might disagree with what they say or how they feel about it, I understand where they come from because there's a lot of people who um, who fought you know who fought and died for that flag. You know, but um, just like um, was it uh, Shannon Sharp who said it, and I can attest to it too. Like um, my granddad when he was stationed in uh, Arkansas. Oh no, no, my granddad, but my uncle was stationed in Arkansas. He encountered racism, you know what I mean, in, yeah. the, in the military. You know, um, and I even saw something about how I want to look more into it, but about how uh, African Americans who came back from uh, fighting World War Two were um, barred from getting uh, benefiting from the GI Bill. <laughs> so, um, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know what well, I mean? I was gonna equate it with a Thai situation a little bit to Drew Brees, right? And what happened with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, and if if you've known me at all, you know that I was a huge Drew Brees fan. Like, he's did you, did he's you, so good. Did you switch up a little bit? And it and it and it hurt a lot to to see his comments initially. It, it, it did to me too, honestly. And because he's because cause we know like where he is with the community out there in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and he's he's been a great been a great leader there, you know. And and so it was really sad to see that. And then, but then, you know, I would say to see. A little bit of the redemption arc. That's what I was getting at when I mentioned Ty, because I mm. feel like a lot of times, like it just people didn't hear what was being said in 2016, or or, or weren't or, willing to listen. Right. Or yeah. Or and now, like everything with George Floyd, everything with the with the riots of protest. I think people are actually like we're actually seeing change, and that's okay. great. Like that's that's incredible because. Tavon Martin died in like what 2012 2013 you know what yeah I mean? and that wasn't even a cop that was just a random dude you right know what I mean? and it was and it was like and we and it started there and then and it finally it's like how did we get here like you know it, I mean? it finally it finally it erupted erupted with uh, George Floyd you know and yeah. and I'm and it's it's good to see that because I think it's um I I mean people. That's, this is how this is how we move forward, you know. And you know, like I said, I, I want to have people like discussions with people, you know, who have those different opinions. You know what I mean? You know, because like everybody, people have different opinions on the flag. You know what I mean? But you know, don't disregard exact, you know what he's saying. You know what he's trying to do. And my thing is when the, with the flag kneeling is is that if if the if the issues were actually addressed, he probably would have stopped kneeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know if. I think if you ask a lot of these people who are complaining about rioting right now, mm-hmm. and you ask them, "Hey, uh, would you rather all the NFL take a knee, all all the black players in the NFL, NBA take a knee, or or, during, or would you rather have these riots?" You know, they're gonna. T- I mean, I feel like it, it's a tough sell, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like it, it, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of like when, like I said earlier, when they put they post the picture of the march on Birmingham. It's like this is how you protest. It's like no, this is how you want us to protest, so you don't have to listen to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Yeah, you know I mean that's exactly. how I feel. Like it's like because you don't want to. A lot of not stereotype anybody, but a lot of people out there don't want to hear what's going on. You know what I mean? Or you know, we'll stick to the fact that ignorance is bliss, and we'll try to you know, at, at least kind of expand and kind of like learn something. Like hear other people out. You know, have respect for other people to you know listen to what they have to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh. Like I said, it's all it's it's it's, a, it's, it's like I said, growth is hard. You know, like I said earlier, growth is hard, <laughs> and you know that's what we're going through right now. Sadly, you know what I mean. Even with the 
over there at A&M, the Sully statue. We talked about that a little bit. Oh, gosh. You know, Man, uh, my boy Kellen is gonna, he's gonna be under so much pressure this year to perform. And, you know, the thing about Soul Ross is that, you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying about change, you know, because uh, from what I've been told, I didn't, I, so Soul Ross did help found Prairie View A&M. See, and you know a big mean? part, and and you know, it could be viewed that a big part of the reason why he founded Prairie View A and M is because he wanted to separate the white students from the black students. Or maybe, or or, but at, you gotta keep in mind at the time that was still frowned upon. You know what I mean? Because well, se- oh, finding a school, yeah. you mean? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah finding okay. a school, but black people getting education in general. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, and so it, it's kind of like people kind of choosing to look at a bad side, a bad take of it, I guess. You know what I mean? Because at the time, you know, there's they, enough history there, though. He was a Confederate general. He like, was a Confederate general, but you know, he found uh, no founding a, a fully African American school. You know what I mean? Because like I said, at the time, like schools weren't even integrated until the fifties. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? You know, like baseball, like sports weren't even integrated but, until the forties. But remember, just because he, I mean, just because integration wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. even if integration isn't a thing, if you continue to propel segregation. It's mm-hmm. still a bad thing. You know what I mean? Just because integration's not a thing yet doesn't mean that propelling segregation is now forgiven. It was more like that... Um, it was more, uh, so, what I'm reading right here is that... And this is from uh, TexasTribune.org. Uh, what I'm reading is that um, A&M's leadership has, for the years, deflected calls to remove a statue, noting that the school was struggling when Ross became president in the 1880s. Oh, yeah, 18, yeah, 1880s, and might not have survived without his leadership. In 2018, A&M student newspaper ran a letter to the wrote, ran a letter to the editor calling for removal of statues from uh, of statue because Ross ties to Confederacy. A&M system chancellor John Sharp responded at the time, defending the statue, calling the original letter totally wrong and arguing that the historically black Prairie A&M University also likely wouldn't exist without Ross, and saying that you know we're all entitled to our opinion and everything. And a lot of people, you know, racism isn't welcome at A and M, you know. But you gotta keep in mind, at the time, so at the time frame, you know, in the time frame, you know what I mean. Segregating the school was the only way for black people to get education. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's it's like uh, like people gotta keep in mind like time frames. You know what I mean? But that's, see, I don't I don't think a lot of the anger comes from like okay, people the the students who are upset aren't aren't upset that hey like he segregated the school necessarily there that's just the rebuttal mm-hmm. that they'll use to people who say hey well how can you be racist he started prayer review a&m mm-hmm. right now it's so like every human is complex right exactly everybody and every and every everybody has like and it's hard it's hard to base who someone tr- truly is just purely off of his well, off, off of one part of the you know right he's part of the confederacy but he founded a historical black college right and you know so I mean? he can be one thing while he can be another thing and that's why I talked about earlier when I said people don't believe that two things can be right at the same time right you know what I mean and, and so but at the end of the day though if students are upset that there is a statue of a confederate general on campus mm-hmm. and 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 you and you view it in that way, and you, no matter what else he did in his life, mm-hmm. right? He was the a, old, the only thing is that he was a negative. He had a negative connotation at and, one point well, in his life. Well, but no, I mean, I, well, he was called like the Negro Killer and a you, bunch of. But you know, the the overall the overall thing is 
African American or whatever minority students are upset that he it was a Confederate general and they feel uncomfortable having a Confederate general statue on campus, having a Negro killers statue on campus, mm-hmm. then they have every like they in that by itself in context alone, if is enough for them to hey, like do the protest. Hey, be upset about it. Like I, I that's how that's how I look at it because it's like I, I see that as like hey there's like a line right and y- once you cross that line you know it's it's it I I can attribute it to something like whenever whenever if you if you when you have a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and then you cross some sort of line in that relationship mm-hmm. no matter what you do after that if they haven't forgiven you for that. One, one that one thing that's always gonna matter right now soul ross's thing is more than just one thing exactly exactly and those things are highly impactful on hey the mental health and the well-being of the students there at, on campus that feel that that feels some sort of way about people idolizing and leaving pennies on this on the statue mm-hmm. and so i i don't i don't i look at the protests for the statue and and i and i stand for it because for for me it's if people like it's not that hey if something upsets you you should just get out every time but this is something that like most people didn't even learn about you know mm. most people don't even know this they're not educated about this and when they learn about it it's like that's awful see if I went out to solid statue protest man I would go over there and tell everybody to stop yelling and come <laughs> over here and shake hands and actually talk you know what I mean you stop yelling at each other from, was, from different sides like, and I think it's like an even 25,000 signatures mm-hmm. on both sides. On one side to keep it and one side to to get rid of it. And I, I find that, like, I don't know if there's, like, there are things, like, that's so evenly divisive. Well, the thing is, Isn't that, that's kind of insane. Is that these play like, say, Fort Benning or, um, you know, uh, or even a slow statue, you know, these have been... They were put up years ago. Like I said, you know, like same time it's not a long time ago. You know what I mean? Like people say, you know, you don't see statues of Hitler in Germany. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like I said, change. I guess maybe it's change. You know what I mean? Because change, like I said, change is hard for anybody. You know, and so that's what that's what's happening. You know, it's all change. So I just I think. So, so to to to. Uh... To, to Kellen, all right. That's where I'll that's where I'll lead to next. Okay. A lot of these, a lot of a lot of people, on online have been talking about how they have been experiencing how they experience their their racist experiences, from A and M, you know, and how the school itself has racist values intrinsically tied into it. Right. And, like, okay, let me, okay. So, do you remember when Coach Sumlin got fired? Yes. And how, like, and it was, and, you know, Coach Sumlin, I would never forgive him for that UCLA game, but whatever. I, I watched that last <laughs> night, actually. No, that, that was so upsetting. <laughs> whatever. That was the only football I had to watch. I was like, man, I watched the A&M UCLA game just to relive it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was one of the worst things of my life. But, you know, honestly, if you look at it, like, there's there's a lot of a lot of the athletes on the team feel Coach Sumlin was wrongfully fired, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and 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 Coach Fisher, I have nothing against the guy, but, you know, like, last season was pretty mediocre, yeah. you know? And, but, do you remember the criticism Coach Sumlin faced for, oh, well, for 
have putting out a mediocre team. Oh, dude, no. Racism, it was, especially in, in sports, yeah. is so rampant as well. Because, like, I, attest, I say, like, me and my dad always talk about it, you know, it's like, when you're a black head coach, they want you to win yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the thing about Sumlin is, is that, like, like I'll, I'll talk about it on my A&M podcast. Um, the beginning of the end for Coach Sumlin was actually the fifth, first year at A&M. <laughs> you know what I mean? Going into the going into the SEC with you know producing the first Heisman uh, freshman Heisman winner, you know what I mean? Johnny Manziel and going ten and two, beating Alabama, beating number one team Alabama, eleven and two, eleven and two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going eleven and two, beating Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl or was the Sugar Bowl? Uh, no, not Sugar Bowl. Uh, was, uh, I think it was a sugar Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. You know, and I was like, okay, now you have to do that every season <laughs> you know what I mean? in the SEC. And I even said, I was like. You know, well, you know, year two, the Chick Fil A Bowl with against Duke, where Johnny had that comeback, that was pretty awesome too. But uh, even then, I was like, you know, I was like, first of all, A and M is. I, I said A and M was never gonna be LSU until I ate those words in like, twenty eighteen. Hey, okay. And then, uh, but I, I, I'll, I'll <laughs> stick. I'll stick to it as long as Nick Saban is the coach of Alabama. A and M will never be Alabama again. <laughs> like you, you, Nick Saban lost. I, I guarantee you, Nick Saban has some sleepless nights because of that loss. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you. You know, and but that's so that's. Why do you think they beat? Uh, why do you think they blew out Notre Dame? In the, in the, uh, tell me, if, tell me if I if I'm reading the the racial context in this right, okay? Okay. And then and tell all, your, all the listeners. I hope you guys follow hockey football because I'm about to go on a, go off a deep end. Right go now. ahead, go ahead. So we have Kellen Mond, okay, who has who's now a senior, right, at A and M, and. Do you see online how so many people beg for Zach Calzada, or whatever his name is, like the the sophomore, to, to be the starter? To, to be the starter, Mon can have like one like last year. Mon will have like one bad game, right, or a bad pass, or a bad read, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Hey, guy, we should start Zach." You know, right? And then the year before, and then the reason why I mention this is because the year before we had the Mon and Starkle, mm-hmm. right? Um, quarterback battle right and every time starkle went on the field against clemson he fumbled do you remember the fumble he had against clemson at cal field mm-hmm. like starkle consistently underperformed whenever he would be given a chance and mon would just do his thing right and 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 mon's mon's a good qb he's mon, not mon the needs best. Lo- he, he needs to loosen up yeah well yeah, <laughs> he's not, yeah yeah well he's not he's not the best in in the sec or anything of that sort but he's he, he low key my dark horse to win the Heisman well, this year. For me, I look at I look at the guy and I see we have a veteran senior quarterback who knows the who knows the offense mm-hmm. and he's the best option that we have and there's no no ifs ands buts about that you know and and you know because everyone's expecting Johnny mm-hmm. Johnny yeah Johnny that, that's, that's right? the expectation and you know I mean? that's not that's not what that's not what Kellen Mond is and that that's was an okay. anomaly. Johnny was an anomaly. Right and you know what I mean? and so Nick Starkle goes to Arkansas, and throws four interceptions in one game mm-hmm. to to San Jose State University. It, you know, right? And then so, and so and and people were begging for this man to be the starter for A and M the year before, mm-hmm. and it's and it's purely because, it, and, and for what I from what I see. And, and, you know, like, if you go on Texags, it's awful. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I, and I, and I love, like, I used to love Texags, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, like, the racial comments against Kellen are crazy. Really? And we are so much more critical of him because he is a black man. 
Think about Kenny Hill. Okay. Right, right. We were so much more critical of Kenny Hill than we ever were of Kyle Allen when he threw four picks, four pick sixes against Alabama. I remember the Kenny Hill days, man. Right, and and like Kenny was far from perfect, and he had a lot of his own issues. But like, it's the criticism that some QBs face versus others mm-hmm. is really, really prompt. Like you can you can see it. Case point right here. Um, I was a hot take from somebody. Um, someone said uh, that Taysom Hill was um, <laughs> was better than uh, was, was, uh, James Winston, a better version of Lamar Jackson. Oh my gosh! No, I way. was like, if you don't shut up right now, I, am, I was like, do not compare Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill who couldn't even beat out Teddy Bridgewater. Now, actually, you know what? No knock on Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is a, is a good QB. So I'm no, don't, don't get me, don't get it twisted. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit. The last two years. Dan's a Saints fan, if you didn't know. No, I'm, I'm a 49ers fan. Oh, come on. You switching up now? Oh, I will. Bro, let me show uh, you. you, you let me show <laughs> you from, from t- like, 2013. You know, I'm still a Texas fan, so, you know, I'm, I'm always be a Texas no, fan. No, I was a Drew Brees fan, but now okay, I'm, a little, I'm a little over the Saints. I've always been a Niners fan. Okay, okay, Bay okay. Bay Area. No, man. Whatever. Yeah. I guess I sound like a bandwagon on the podcast. I'll, oh, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Expose yourself now. Guys, you guys, yeah, Expose whatever. yourself now, man. Yeah, Caleb, that's your... Uh, oh, man, I, I'm not. Man, I've been a Texas okay, fan so the, through the two and fourteen years. The, <laughs> I the don't know. I was, okay, last two years in a row in fantasy football, I've won my leagues. All right. Okay. Okay. And I've guessed, and I and every Q and every time I picked the QB, that QB became the MVP. Really? So two years ago, I had Patrick Mahomes as my QB, and then um, and then this year I drafted Lamar Jackson really? as my QB. And so I'm just saying that whoever I pick is my QB this year, uh, they're about to pop off. All right, and pick Deshaun Watson, please. And I, need, <laughs> and, I, and I need you guys to be ready. No, I'm gonna pick uh, uh, the the little. Oh, okay, the, Dan's MVP, NFL MVP, 2020, right here. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if you need. I I sleeper hit for Kyler Murray in the ninth round. Ooh, yeah. Man, I, I, wait a minute. I never pick my QBs early. I like picking them like super late in my draft because I like getting really good running backs. Uh, the first person I picked in my draft was Michael Thomas, and that that helped me out a lot. I'm not gonna lie oh, to you. Were you in a when you were you in a? Um, I was in I was in three different leagues. But the league was a, a, a point per catch or whatever. Uh, I think yeah. so. Yeah, no, no, that's Michael Thomas. I mean, I killed it last. I had the first pick of the draft, mm-hmm. and I draw. I picked down to number. I like. I didn't trade down, but I got number four, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay. So they were like, yeah. it was like Saquon, Zeke, someone else, and then McCaffrey. Uh-huh. And I picked McCaffrey because he's my yeah, he's my boy, and he's and he's great. Um, I love, I love, I love McCaffrey. You know, like fantasy, uh, this is actually my first year, like, actually getting, like, into fantasy football. Yeah. And uh, I loved it, actually. You know what I mean? It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Like, fantasy football is amazing. And can I still pick my, can I still see what team I had? Um, what would you use? What, 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 uh, uh, just ESPN Fantasy. I don't know on ESPN. I, I know I've done it before on uh, Yahoo, though. Okay. But no, uh, so you got Kyler Murray. So early, way too early prediction. Way, yeah, way too early prediction. I agree. Is Kyler Murray Ky- taking the MVP? Yeah, I can see it because. Well, dude, think about the trend. Second, you second year QBs in the NFL. Okay. Have been popping off when you're in your second year. Like, 
Um, Mahomes in his second year won the MVP. Lamar Jackson's second year won the MVP. And this is and I and I feel like anyone from that rookie class last year, if anyone was gonna pop off this year, maybe Kyler Murray. Yeah, and he had and now he has. They had the weapons. You know what I mean? They have Nuke, right? Fitz, um. What's his Christian name? Kirk. Kirk's oh a, my Kirk's, gosh. Kirk's a weapon. Kirk is so good. You know, uh, I the, love Christian Kirk. And then they drafted Isaiah Simmons on for defense this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're looking good. And then Cliff's offense. Oh, no, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, he's a good coach. Okay, see, this is this is in 2014. Dan, show, okay, Dan showing me a 49ers. Post in twenty fourteen. Okay, okay, I'll take right. it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I was there. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it back. I'll take it for back. That, not for, those, wagon. for those Alex Smith days, Alex Smith, was, Alex Smith was not that bad of a QB. I, I like Alex Smith. Um, Jim Harbaugh turned his career around, man. Oh, dude, Jim Harbaugh was is so underrated. Was so underrated as an NFL head coach. But he can't beat Ohio State. It's so upsetting. You know, he's... Uh, <laughs> it's so upsetting. You know, every time Michigan goes up against Ohio State, dude, it's just like, uh, they come out hot. You know what All I mean? Right. Like, something's about to happen, and then never will beat Ohio State. So, um, you like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, the, for this year's Heisman? Uh, first, oh, man. I don't think Lawrence is going to win the Heisman, man. You know, that's the thing. The I front runner rarely does. You know what I mean? When I you're the front runner of the year, you... He's going to be number one pick off the board in the draft. Number one quarterback off the board in the draft. Yeah, obviously. I think Fields Fields may win it this year. Fields may win the Heisman. Um, I think it's we're overdue for a running back to win the Heisman. Oh, that's never going to happen, man. Oh, well, oh don't see, say that, you see how You see how the NFL values running backs now? Oh, like oh, it started, the trend started to come back with these premier running backs. No. Right, yes. Yeah. Okay. Look. Okay. Who's the, who's the last running back to win a Heisman? Derrick Henry, twenty fifteen. Okay. All right. And then now how much he, money did the Titans give Derrick Henry this year? They franchise tagged him. And opinion. then how much money did the Titans give thirty two year old Ryan Tannehill? Now Ryan. Tannehill, <laughs> no, 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 tell you, Ryan Tannehill no, is the goat. No, no, I like uh, Ryan Tannehill. No, 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 tell you, no, no, no. I'm telling you, right? Ryan Tannehill is the goat. This man has this man been to his went to his first playoff game this year. And has had uh, had a six year one hundred million dollar contract from the Dolphins before he even went to the playoffs, and now got what a four year another hundred million dollar contract. And his wife is very attractive. And Ryan Tannehill is the go. I don't. He's not even that good of a quarterback. Look, he's a he's a serviceable quarterback, but he is the go. But that's you know what, what I mean. mean. In the NFL, <laughs> we're paying. Kirk Cousins, we're giving Kirk Cousins extensions, paying guys like Ryan Tannehill and, while and, they're and Cam Newton doesn't even have a team. Anymore. Well, that's true too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, while the that, workhorse running backs on these teams, like um, Dalvin Cook, who's asking for a giant contract, he's mm-hmm. gonna get tagged. Yeah, and then Derrick Henry, who's gonna get tagged, who's the leading rusher in the NFL, he's gonna get tagged. And then so like these systems, like you you draft a high caliber running back. Uh huh. And then you run him to the ground and don't offer him a second contract. The Chargers went to the playoffs two years ago on on Melvin Gordon's legs alone. You know. Okay? And they didn't pay him. And then whenever he came back to play, Austin Eckler outperformed him. Right. Dalvin Cook's backup averages, I know this doesn't tell the full story, but he averages more yards per carry, like .1 yard mm-hmm. per carry more than Dalvin Cook. And so it's the offensive, like, a lot of the teams will say, "Hey, it's the offensive scheme that's getting a these lot of people." To- a lot of times, yes. A lot open. of times, yes. He's getting getting these running backs. Like so, we love and Austin Eckler went off last year, but it's like we love Melvin Gordon, but there are Eckler's few, cheaper. There are a few running backs that are fully scheme proof. 
Right. Like, just like there are full, a few quarterbacks that are fully scheme proof. Well, you know, and then you look at the 49ers and the way they did it this year, and they didn't, they don't, like, the way you do it is in your, in your running back group, right now in the NFL, the way that it's going to trend towards is you have one older guy who's going to, who's like, hey, like, he, he's getting a little bit of money, and he's a little bit older, and then you have two young guys who might, may have gone undrafted or were drafted, and then you run with that scheme. Like think about the names, the name James Connor, the name yeah. James Connor. Well, you come to no, go back. he was a nobody, right? Back, back to the forty nine, back to the forty nine ers real quick. I'm telling you right now why they didn't win the Super Bowl. Right? Oh gosh, it's because they did not start Raheem Mostert. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Raheem, Raheem is the dream. I agree. I'm I'm all in on Raheem Mostert. I I, I think. How he's... do you go from four touchdowns in the, in the <laughs> conference title game to not start the Super Bowl? Like, are you kidding me well, right now? Well, you know that's that's part of the that's part of the. I don't know if it was workload, I don't know, you know if it was the game plan, but the fact that Tevin Coleman came back from injury, and the fact that Raheem Mostert came off the best game of his life and didn't start the Super Bowl, that is why they lost Super there, Bowl. Right there. Here's the, here are the reasons why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. Um, I'll give there there are three there are three reasons. Okay. Jimmy, you can throw more than fifty yards. Well, okay, don't don't <laughs> don't talk about my QB like that. All right. <laughs> so first off. That BS pass interference call, offensive pass interference call, to end the first half against George Kittle when he caught that touchdown pass. Yeah, Kittle's a beast. And so Kittle catches a touchdown, and it's called as a a random, like, OPI for Mm -hmm. no reason. And then so that would have cushioned the lead a lot more. All right. Number two is Patrick Mahomes' greatness. Okay, like there's no yeah, doubt yeah. that Patrick Mahomes is they, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Like, it, it's only been three years, you know, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know what I mean, and <laughs> and he's and he's the great he's the best quarterback in the league right now. Exactly, no doubt. Um, and then third and third reason is that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, the lights, like they and and and, and you know, Debo Samuel's. A well, dog. I don't and I don't blame Jimmy. Like I, I want to say, Jimmy, you're a professional NFL quarterback. You should have made that pass, mm-hmm. you know. Debo's the Debo Samuel's a dog. Well, Debo Samuel, did you see he broke his foot? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's upsetting. But like, but you know we we look we're looking at it and we're like, hey, like Jimmy, you should have completed that pass. You're an NFL quarterback. You're getting twenty five million dollars a year. You should have made that pass. Mm-hmm. However, on a human level, I look at it. It's like, that's it. That's life, though. It's like you know you're not you gonna... have you're not gonna you're not gonna be perfect every time and. A mistake like that like Jimmy n- knows that you know mm-hmm. and so there's nothing else that me or you or anybody can say that's gonna change the fact that hey that game happened the way it happened and I've watched my team lose two Super Bowls in my lifetime and it's really fucking upsetting exactly <laughs> no, like, no 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 okay okay now <laughs> going back to 2012 and 2013 you're talking about cap cap wait okay the 49ers <laughs> got robbed out of the Super Bowl the first the first one yeah I agree and then um and then the conference title against the Seahawks in 2013. Yeah, got you know, again. I don't think about that game anymore because I've forgiven Richard Sherman. Got robbed. I have forgiven Richard Sherman for everything he's done. Oh yeah, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's and, gonna be a Hall of Famer too. Well, well, no, no, it's not that. It's I used to hate the man. Really. And then he became a Niner. Oh yeah. And, so and now, now I'm. And up. now I'm like. Like, okay. I forgive him for everything he did in Seattle. He's not whatever. too bad. He's not too bad. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's forgiven. I mean, like. Look, man, the Niners are. I I I think Kyle Shanahan is the smartest coach in the league. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, offensive, offensively, you know. Going on right now, it's him, it, Shanahan and Kingsbury. 
Definitely. Man, you're you're high on the cliff. Man, like you know, it would mean he you was know, off, he was off the court. All the mean. games they lost were within like seven points, I believe. You know what I mean? So they they really didn't have a bad year. Their what? record doesn't reflect their skill. Well, that's why they went. That's that's why they went defense in the draft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> they had a real. I I feel really good about our draft. We drafted, uh, we drafted a defensive lineman. Um, the best, the best uh, to, to replace uh, DeForest Buckner, mm-hmm. and then we got the wide receiver that Shanahan wanted. Like oh. that was the receiver, like that receiver led in yak out of all receivers in college football. Don't get me started on. And and that's Shanahan's. That's what he wants. He we want yak. You know, what I mean? in San Francisco. Yeah. So you know, you, you can't throw more than forty. <laughs> okay, all right, whatever. Uh, no man, don't get me started on Houston, dude. Don't get me started. Oh well, I mean, yeah, you want you uh, want me to start talking? To, no, I mean, no, no one on no. your podcast will like me, but I can. No, 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 no I no, can no, really no, go. No, no, I no. can really go for it. I talk trash about my own team already. <laughs> on podcast, all right, like uh, not even my team, my coach, our, our coach, your GM, yeah, our, 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 co- our coach GM. Yes, you know our what? coach and GM. Here's what I, here's what I guarantee. The same person. You. I don't know who does that in the NFL, but he, I don't know. Here's here's what I guarantee you, Deshaun Watson. Will not play for the Houston Texans. Oh, don't say that. Again. No, I'm saying like in the, in in the next five years. I'm gonna cry. He will be cry. wearing a different team's jersey. I don't know who though. That's the thing. Well, you know, and that, at that point, I might switch teams too. Honestly, well, <laughs> you should start thinking about. You should. I mean, because like. Uh, Bill O'Brien got to go. Honestly. Well, like what else is, like what else is he gonna do? You know, like yeah, Will, Will Fuller is. Uh, no, good guys, but unreliable. Here's what I here's what I talked about with some of my buddies. You, you, all your wide receivers, you have a whole receiving core of second, like number two receivers. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. It's and it's really funny. Right. We had thirty year old. What? How old is Randall Cobb now? What? Thirty two years old? Something like that. Is he really that old? I don't know. Hold on. Let me. I don't. I don't, I don't think. think he's oh, maybe not. But I mean, he's kind of washed up. He had like what? One, oh well, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. He's one good year. We don't think he's good anymore. Yeah. He had one good year. How old is he? As a, the twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. Thirty years old. Uh, you got Randall Cobb, you got Brandon Cooks, who, Brandon Cooks is probably the most, like, he's, nah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's on and off. He's had 4,000 yard seasons, right? Four 1,000 yard seasons and out of his six years. He's been on four different teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he, I mean, and then you have Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, uh, Kenny Stills, yeah. And then, and like, and that's, and that's, it's, it's really funny because like your entire, your, think about your running back group. Oh my! Don't get me No one's no, no one, like everyone's a C plus B minus. Think about your receiving core. Everyone's we traded. A- we traded <laughs> Duke, the best wide receiver. Argue, oh, no, I arguably the best nah. wide receiver in the league. Nah, man. Oh, well, who? Well, my bias tells me it's Mike Evans. Oh, <laughs> no, my, no. Uh, no, Mike Evans. Okay, Mike Evans is definitely top five. I'll let tell me you that right let, now. Okay, let Mike me let me say five. this. Michael Thomas. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with him too Catching much. 18 five-yard slants. Yeah, so, so I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a Michael Again. Thomas fan. So, so it's really between DeAndre Hopkins, like DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Julio's always going to be in there. And Mike Evans for me. Mike Evans only in there for bias reasons. Julio is, Julio, Julio is just, I, I feel like Julio is number one. But the thing that makes Nuke really, really interesting in this Julio's is a freak of nature is that De- uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has had some terrible quarterbacks throwing him the football and he's always produced and he's producing and, and so always. I and so I look at that and I'm and I say 
Okay, so so Nuke Nuke and Julio are right there. You know, they they they're they're so close. Now, if I if I was a GM right now, I want Nuke because Julio's older. Yeah. But that's about it. And um and before and before he went crazy, I would it, it, uh, automatically Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the league. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that man was short, bro. Short, but still doing what he did. Yeah, I know. You know I, I, mean? I just I don't know. I like I like my number one receiver to be like. I want my number receiver to be my number one receiver. I don't care how tall he is. <laughs> I, think about think about this. In the, for I, the Panthers for years, Steve Smith was the number one receiver. Well, you know, five foot nine. I, I'm not. You <laughs> know, and Tyreek Hill is obviously like. Well, Tyreek Hill's not the number one receiver. Well, yeah. Travis Kelsey's number one. receiver. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? But no, I'm looking at it and I'm saying that like, hey, like I I understand what you're saying, but those like. For a young QB, those like hey, just toss it up and just go grab it. Mm-hmm. Like those weapons are like that's so much more rare, right? Because if you have, cause if you have a fast receiver by Tyreek Hill, or Will right, Fuller, you have to you have to time there. The timing on the ball has to be perfect to be able to get it to them, mm-hmm. and that's a lot more. Well, that takes like, a lot more skill. Well, that's when you got Mahomes who can then, just chunk it with seventy plus in the air. <laughs> right. That takes a lot more skill to do to time it than versus if you were a Tony Romo tossing it up to Des. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's why having that big imposing receiver, like think about Keenan Allen, right? Keenan right. Allen and Philip Rivers. Now Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's routes set sets him apart. Right. Well, uh, his route run is what sets him apart. And 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 Keenan Keenan Allen and Philip Rivers. I mean, like in the end zone, man, Philip was just, it's like. The it was a strike box, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was just throwing like actual like he was just throwing strikes. He was throwing balls every time in the end zone, you know, and praying that Keenan got to the ball. You know, I wouldn't put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame, man. You wouldn't? I would not. Nah, what dude. What has he won? You're a hit. I don't care what he's what won. What has he won in his in his career? Dude? I don't. It doesn't. I don't care about records, dude. He does not have one ring. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. The only, the only, the only quarterback that I will support being in, like he's already in the Hall of Fame already. And it, uh, you put Eli in the Hall of Fame? Sadly, yes. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess if two, you two rent, if you're okay. hesitant to put Eli, then I understand why you wouldn't put Philip. Exactly. It, it was like Eli, you know, Eli's Eli, but Eli also has two rings. <laughs> but dude, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Philip is. There's something about the man that I I when you look at Philip is that guy that you keep trusting, you know? Yeah. You, you just keep man, I trust you to not make a mistake here. And then he just does it. It's like, "Fuck, all mm-hmm. right." But like I love that about him. Like it's just that cuz like he's so cuz you just you you keep you keep hoping, you know? He's like kind of like Bad Luck Brian. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how he got he got drafted like Bad Luck Brian, man. He like like Eli's like I'm not gonna play for the Chargers, <laughs> you know. Like he refused to play for the Chargers, and 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 pretty much stole Philip Rivers like what would be his career in in New York, New York, right? And so he's and I so I just feel I feel for the man. No man, we were talking about you wanted to talk about this earlier. Uh, Tua and uh, Burrow. Oh yeah. Okay. You think Tua's better? I think Tua's so much better. So. It's, Okay. Um, Tua's arm strength is question. Okay. But same the same with Burrow. I was about to say that. Same with Burrow. Um, really, it's like all we know for sure is that Burrow um, Burrow can stay healthier. Okay. You know what I mean? 
Uh, no, he, what, he bit... What was Burrow doing? What, like, Burrow couldn't beat out, like, Cardell Jones, bro. Or, or whoever whoever was the... Oh, like, like... Oh, no, 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 not Cardell Jones. Why did I say his name? Oh, JT Barrett? Yeah, JT Barrett. And, yeah, like, like Burrow... Look, he's he's a good... He, he's obviously had the greatest college football quarterback season, season ever. we've ever seen, right? Ever. Now... He did it his senior year. Right. He did it while older than MVP Lamar Jackson. Okay, right, right, right. right. He he and he and he and it's it's a great accomplishment, and no one's gonna take that away from him. But Nick Foles also was looked like a Hall of Famer for five games. You know right. what I mean? And and so things things like that happen. So you think Tua's gonna have a better career? Than I Burrow? I look at Tua and I and, and there's nothing about Joe Burrow that I see that I'm like, man, he is he's insanely talented in that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's nothing that really stands out. No well, X his, factor. That's his QBR like, under pressure goes up. That's the thing, you know what I mean? Okay, so he's chill. He has yeah. he can compose he's himself. He's poised. He's poised. Right, which is good. Like that's that's a great thing to have, but it's not that unique. Okay. Tua is electric, okay? Okay. When I watch Tua play football, I, I literally, okay. like... Now, when it comes to just slinging it, Tua, Tua can sling it better than putting the ball where he wants to. And, yeah, his his accuracy, man. Deep and, ball accuracy, kind of eh, but... Um, and here's the, here's, the, here's the number one thing that I, that I rate on Tua. That left arm. Left arm, yeah. That left arm is deadly, man. You like, you, that, played, that, you played corner. That, like, um, you know how to defend a right... Pass, you exactly. know, pass from the right arm. Man, that uh, that that throw he made in the national championship game to win the win the win the game. Yeah, that was just a a, a dime. And, <laughs> and just like he's had, he's look at the receiving cores they had. You know what I mean? And the, how different they were. I'm telling, I'm telling you, I just don't think I. There's a reason why. Whenever, whenever you evaluate these QBs, mm-hmm. when you when you look at when you look at both of them. Um, Tua and Joe, it's it's really clear, right? That hey, like Joe was just an underdog story that took over the entire the entire conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It was gonna be Tua's year, and then um, Joe came out of nowhere and started just having these massive, massive performances, mm-hmm. and he never slipped, and that was and that's awesome. But yeah, he also had a uh, who uh, actually I don't know who was a better running back, but uh, yeah, he had a great running back. No, he I uh, th- he I think he had the better running back. Oh yeah, Hilaire. Yeah, and so he so he had a great running back, a great receiving core, like he's he's like and he performed like I and I don't blame him for performing with those weapons. That's good that you have those things. What I what I will say though is that Tua stands out so much more when you watch him play. Mm-hmm. You see franchise QB. When I watch Joe Burrow play, I see. Uh, Man, I hate to say it, like like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. I see what you're saying. Like or guess. like Matt Ryan, uh, maybe nice. Uh, like you know, like at, I, I I see what you're saying. I guess at, at best he's at no, best he's Matt Ryan. He's, he's better at he's a more of a dual threat than the, than both of those. Uh, right, right, yeah, I agree. But I I'm wouldn't want like, two running. But oh, well, first of all, I wouldn't want my quarterback running unless he has to. Joe yeah. Joe Burrow's max is Matt Ryan, and I feel like Tua's max is Dan Marino. Okay. You know, like I think mean, I see two as more of a Drew Brees. Yeah, it's, it's shorter. Well, yeah, Drew Drew works as well. I mean, it's just like those. 
Now, who had the better receiving quest? The question. Joe. Uh, you think so? Yeah. I don't know, man. For sure. I don't know. Because cause you look at both of them. Uh, they had LSU had Justin Jefferson, Jamar, and then Jamar Chase is an absolute beast. Yeah, LSU's I mean, going to have like two more number ones. Two more first round draft picks at receiver this next year, right? That's, yeah, big. Uh, yes, yes. It's big. Uh, Jamar Chase is a bigger and stronger uh, Odell Beckham. But that's what I see when I, when I see him play. When it comes to just hands and yards at the catch and everything, he's a big. And routes wise, I see him as a bigger and stronger uh, Odell Beckham. Um, now uh, I said they had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, um, Thad Thad Moss, and. Um, who was the last? They had the last guy. I don't remember the last guy. Those are the only thing they thought of. But um, look at Alabama side, dude. I mean, you had uh, the their big four, which were. Um, now the thing is, Jerry Judy wasn't even the number one option on that team. If Jerry Judy is still arguably the best receiver, but he's the best receiver on that team. I want to say arguably. Henry Ruggs had the speed and the routes. Uh, Jerry Judy's footwork and routes are just unbelievable. He had the best routes on the team. Like I said, best play on the team. Now the number one receiver is was actually um what's his name um Devontae Smith number six was the number one option right and then uh the underneath guy the speedster Jalen Waddle no that dude right there uh, well talk about speed him and Rugs oh no dude can I can I can I impart something on you go ahead so before Tua Alabama was a running football team right. Yes. Right. With J- they would run with Jalen or the running back, Derrick Henry, a few years before. You know. Ooh, so okay. so they um, so they were a running. They would run the football. Okay. May uh mm, uh they were kind of uh okay, so want to backtrack it a little bit uh they were kind of every year kind of molding into a passing team okay and look at it, look at it like this so uh. You know, was it 2015, 2014, like 13, 14, 15 with Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Okay. Amari Cooper. And then after Amari Cooper, you had Calvin Ridley. Okay. Okay. Amari's a lot better than Calvin. Okay. Well, I mean, but yeah, talk about <laughs> number one receiver coming from the, coming from the, uh, the program. Okay. And then once, like I said, once Jalen okay, got in there. Remember Calvin, I think Calvin and Derek played together on the same Alabama team. Right, right, right. Who's who's who was who was the the Heisman was Derrick Henry. Yeah. Because it was, nothing near like nothing nearly remotely close to 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 where Calvin Ridley. But was. I, but at the same time you gotta look at I I only I never think I you I would, never saw Alabama having a receiver core like they did last year the last well, couple years. No, you never saw that. Let me be clear. This is what I'm trying to get to. You never saw that. Because you never saw a quarterback who could zing it like Tua. Okay. Like no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, I I like Jalen Hurts a lot, mm-hmm. but he like it was it was a lot of read option and then like you know. Uh, we can't discount Alabama had their defenses those years. Well, well, well yeah, of course, no, no, no. Defense, defense was always like, but like when you have a good defense, you pound the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what they were doing. You know, and they would run it with Derek or Jalen or whoever, right? And, yeah, there were some great receivers there. But, like, I mean, like, Amari Cooper had a great year with, um, with uh, what's his name? He's, he plays for the Texans now. Um, I don't remember his name. 
white AJ dude. AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron. It wasn't even McCarron. I think it was uh, it was McCarron, and then it was a uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot what the last dude. Yeah, well, the skinny, the skinny white dude. I yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. But like, name. even so, but even with those QBs, right? Mm-hmm. You never, you never looked at. Sorry, you never yeah. looked at Alabama's football team, and you were never like, oh yeah, they're a passing offense. Mm-hmm. You know, AJ McCarron was the the best game manager in college football when he was playing. Oh yeah, no, oh, no, no, no doubt. And so, so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that this idea that the reason why you see these Alabama receivers stand out so much these last few years. Mm-hmm. Is because Tua is making them shine. Okay. Now Joe Burrow, on the other hand, like the guy had the same weapons last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, yes, and no. And well, they, obviously not all the same, but he was oh, on that yes, team last okay, year. Yes. And last year they were they were what like eight and seven something oh, like no, that. Oh no no like, no 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 dude they were uh, they won the they won the Fiesta Bowl they beat uh, UCF. Not they were what they were I think it went eleven and two maybe. Nah, I thought they, I, I thought they, they barely hit ten or they were nine. Oh, what do you mean? Barely, I mean hitting ten in college football, regardless, well, you well, know, is a feat. LSU twenty eighteen yeah. season, man. But uh, they, I remember that Joe, Joe, Joe did not have a hot, a hot season. He they right. finished second in SEC West, of course, because you know Alabama. I think A and M tied with them for second in the West. See standings? Uh, no, did, no, 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 no. A and M did really well that year. Man. Let me look. Yeah, ten and three. Yeah, it went ten and three. Ten and three. Their only losses were to A and M, Alabama. A and M, yeah. Um, there was a third one. Alabama, they because that's when they lost to Alabama twenty nine. Alabama blew them out twenty nine nothing. Uh, they lost to Florida. Nice. I mean, look, it it's just it, it's just a situation where I don't I I really feel like he's he had in when he had. Every time Tua has been on the football field, mm-hmm. every time Tua has taken the Alabama football team on the football field, they've like they they didn't win every single game, but they win. You know what I mean? Right. Joe Joe on the other hand had tons of chances at Ohio State, and then had had his junior year at LSU, mm-hmm. and then you know where where they where they where they still lost games and stuff and he, he was not spectacular at all right and then last year he was really really good like mm. and there's no taking that away from him but like you know you can play like, and, like you can play beer pong and knock you, out you say the you, opponent in a, in what you're saying is you know, Joe Burrow had one good season yeah you know what I mean it was all, and, obviously and, and, the best and, most stellar season of and, any quarterback we've ever seen right And but to a has had consistency in you know in injuries, but also mm. in performance. Okay, and that's why I like Tua more. I remember Tua. I think I remember the, he went like twenty touchdowns without throwing an interception. Yeah, or something like that. Dude, that like, man, more than that. He he is he, he. I I don't know. I've never. It's it's hard for me to look at like like a pocket passing QB in the, in, in college football, mm. and I've never respected one nearly as much as I've respected Tua. Like oh, like man. Tua is just he's he's all he's all there. The like, last pocket passer I remember like seeing like oh yeah this, this guy's like this was James Winston coming out of college <laughs> coming out of college James Winston. No, I mean, dude, hey like, hey I'll college. never take anything away from James man. That Five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns that's yeah, he was, uh, that's oh, really good. Wait uh, talk about in the NFL. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah I know. I'm I was saying that's, when he threw forty I remember that. He's I mean James was. Famous Jameis, man. Famous Jameis, man. He's, 
He was... He was so... It's amazing how he remains controversial. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always been controversial. There's never been a moment where it's like, oh, yeah, we just all love Jameis Winston. Oh, that dude's crazy, man. He's, he's, he's even crazy. <laughs> I look at him. Like, look at his eyes, bro. Something, <laughs> something's not right in there, man. Oh, like, almost man. Two, almost two hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> two hours. Are we really at two hours? Almost, like, what, minute, hour 47. That is crazy. Crazy, man. Just talking. That's how this podcast goes, dude. All right, you want to tag it up? Put your tags in there. Uh, any at Dan Hung? Oh. Twitter tags? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, at Dan Hung one on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me talking about how Giannis is the MVP. And, oh, man, we got to say that for another one. <laughs> and, you know, how Jordan's the GOAT. And oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, okay, we're going to go for another hour on that one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I don't see a lot of rappers rocking LeBron once. You know, that's not a thing. Hey, well, we know what. No, no, no. <laughs> right, Jordan's so. are obviously better shoes. Okay, <laughs> but you know, LeBron's a better player. Okay, guys, we. That's a hill I die on. LeBron was a, is a better player. And yeah, and guys, uh, I guess my last tag would be um, a website. It's called MoveHumanityForward.com. It's um, you see me. I talk a lot about Andrew Yang and his idea of universal basic income. But you know, MoveHumanityForward.com is just about COVID relief right now, right? Getting everyone just whatever donations that you whatever donations you make to them go directly to people who are currently unemployed or whatever in need a stimulus, and it's it's a great cause, and we're and I and I think that that's. That's probably the the cause that I'll that I'll, I'll give a link to right now. Okay, yeah, movehumanity.com. <laughs> what? It, we said movehumanity.com. Movehumanityforward.com. Oh, movehumanityforward.com. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah I know where to follow me at underscore Caleb Jackson underscore. Follow me on uh uh wow I'm tired. Uh, follow Apple Podcast and Spotify at the Caleb Jackson Show. So yeah, man. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. All right, yeah, just stay, off, stay, stay tuned for other podcasts. Y'all know where to find me. Y'all be good.